this beautiful sanctuary, this incredible music. Music follows us all the days of our lives. And sometimes I think about the soundtrack of any particular moment. And if I were to put the first two songs on a playlist of the last 18 months, I would say the first two would be What a Long Strange Trip It's Been by The Grateful Dead, and Let's Do the Time Warp Again from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And still, with the bizarre soundtrack that has accompanied us the last 18 months, we are here together in the sanctuary, and you gathered with us all over the world. We heard from you from last night how important it was to feel the presence of all of us together, Hinenu, together physically, and wherever you are right now. Last night, after services, our congregants, Spencer and Deborah, who moved away a few years ago, came up to the Bima to say Shana Tova. And I marveled, I marveled at how grown up their son Aiden was. I felt like I, I blinked and he had grown up like three years. When I got a hug last night, I said, how long has it been? And somebody said, it's been a pandemic, Rabbi. That's how long. Where's the time gone? In both good and bad ways, time has shifted so, so much, speeding up and slowing down out of our control. We've all experienced the shift in time and our perception of it and our ability to understand that we are really not in control of time. Aiden's dad, Spencer, told me, sitting with his son, he was reminded of a sermon I gave about 10 years ago he said, I don't know if you remember it, but it was about driving. And I said, I do remember it. And I said, I actually think I gave it 10 years ago, but it's about this moment. It was a story I told about what it was like to drive my son Eli home from the hospital, I guess 26 years ago this Sunday. And he was in this little teeny tiny car seat facing backwards. Now, it was a long time ago, and Rabbi Rodich, who has a new baby, told me that it's not like the old days, like with the horse and carriage that I was driving. He said now, um, because it was really hard as a Jewish mother not to be able to see my baby's face, even in the rearview mirror. And he said now, if you get a minivan for your baby, there's a loudspeaker function so that you can speak directly to the kids in the back seat and a camera so you could see them at all times. It's like a Jewish mother engineering miracle. <laughs> Rabbi Rodich wants us to know he does not drive a minivan. <laughs> God forbid, Rabbi Rodich. Doesn't it feel good to laugh? Yeah. So Eli was facing backwards for a while, and then he graduated to that front-facing position as a more mature baby when I could finally see him in the rearview mirror. And then there were many years when he was just in the back seat, and we would talk to each other through the rearview mirror. And then one moment later, 
he's in the passenger seat next to me. And then I blink and I look and I'm in the passenger seat and he's learning how to drive. And then his little brother Gabe got big enough to sit in the passenger seat and he moved up. And then about five minutes after Eli was in that little back-facing car seat, I was in the back seat. And they were in the front seat, fighting over the music, over the song list. They were in the front, wondering why I was still driving around with them in the back seat. <laughs> and I said, because all we have is this moment. All of those moments together, the past 26 years, felt like five seconds. It's a story I think we can all relate to, whether you have kids or not, because time has slowed down and sped up out of our control, out of our control. We have come to face the ultimate reality about time. It's our most universal, limited resource. There is a beginning, a middle, and an end to our lives, as we are reminded of every day, but especially on these high holy days. And it is clear we have little control over when those events will occur. We only have control over who we are in the middle. The gates open and the gates close, and all we have is what we do with the time in between. Last night as I was driving home over the Golden Gate Bridge, I just marveled for a moment at where we live, how incredibly beautiful it is. So I did what I do a lot of time. I called Cantor Addy. And she and I started talking about what Rabbi Jonathan spoke about, liminal time. Now, if you ever have a question about Hebrew, ask Cantor Addy. She's my favorite Hebrewphile. And she said to me, remember, the root of our tribal name, one of our tribal names, the Hebrews, is like Hebrew, Ivrit. We are Ivri. And the word Ivri means to pass over or traverse. And our people have spent much of the last 4,000 years doing that, living in the in-between. Today's story of Rosh Hashanah as the creation of the world and the creation of us, of humanity, begins with this incredible word, tohu vavohu. Can everybody say that, tohu vavohu? It means chaos. We celebrate the birthday of the world out of chaos into something ordered and something we really wish was more predictable. But most of the time when we think it's going to be predictable, it never is. We have woken up to a reality that not only does it matter what happens in the in-between, but that we are actually linked to every single human soul that is alive today and potentially who is going to live beyond us. Liminal moments reduce our needs, what we need to function, what we need to own, who we need in our lives. How much money do you really need, or clothes, or cars? How many people are in your life? Life has truly been reduced and distilled to the most necessary, the most important, and the most elemental. And we are a people who survive in this place very, very well. Four out of the five books of the Torah, we are wandering in the desert. And we have powerful rituals that move us through these liminal spaces and time. Just think about Havdalah moves us from Shabbat, from the holy time, the Kodesh to the whole, to the normal mundane time. 
Think about a mezuzah. The mezuzah is also a portal, a portal from the dangerous outside into the safety of your home. Or if you wear a mezuzah, somehow defending and protecting what's inside from the outside. We sang the Micha Mocha, and the Reed Sea that we cross also is a liminal moment, the crossing between slavery and personal and communal redemption. And this year, we enter another portal. 5782 is a Shemitah year, a year where we reset after six years of work. We have rituals for birth and for death, also portals. We have the ritual of counting the Omer between Pesach and Shavuot. And finally, I think the most important, these 10 days, these awesome days, the Aseret Yamei Tshuva, the gates opened last night, and they will close at Ne'ilah. This is our portal, the ultimate liminal experience. And the power that we have as individuals and as a community in these 10 days is so great that according to our tradition in Pirkei de Rebbe Eliezer, Tshuva, that act, was considered to have been created before Tohu Vavohu, before there was chaos in the world. Tshuva existed before everything. It has the power to ground us, to lift us up, and to be our mirror, to deepen our soul's experience, to face one another, and to come to terms with God. I hope that's one of the reasons you are all here with us today. Whether it was like 2019 and the entire sanctuary was full to overflowing, or 2020, which was one of the most strange experiences I've ever had here, with the clergy alone, the words, the music echoing, trying to feel all of you who are out there, and now this year, where he had so many hopes that everyone would be together, and it feels really good to have some of you here. And we're grateful that you took the risk. However you feel it's a risk to be here with us, it means the world to us. And for all of you, wherever you are, we feel your presence. We're being asked today to just be uncomfortable, to look at ourselves into the mirror and to change. For me, if I had to distill one lesson from living together in this weird liminal place from the last 18 months, it would be a commitment to the responsibility to the other. I know so many of us have been in shock when ordinary citizens and leaders have pronounced that we are not brothers and sisters. We're not our brothers and sisters keepers. We don't need to wear masks. We don't need to get vaccinated. Our tradition in the Babylonian Talmud, Shabbat 54b, says when the community is in trouble, a person should not say, I will go into my house and eat and drink and be at peace with myself. We cannot be at peace with ourselves when anyone outside of our home is suffering. The Talmud also teaches whoever can prevent their household from committing a sin but does not is in fact responsible for the sins of their household. If they could prevent their fellow citizens from sin but they don't, they're accountable for their fellow citizens. If they could prevent anyone in the entire world from sin but they don't, they are accountable for the sins anywhere in the world. That's a heavy burden, but we can't face inward even during these liminal times. The great Jewish political philosopher Hannah Arendt taught the same thing. She wrote, I am responsible for the endless consequences of my acts because they will happen in a world that I will be sharing and experiencing with others, both actively and passively. I am responsible for the consequences of my acts because I do not disappear after I act. And I also participate in the web of the relationships. Put differently, my responsibility for the consequences of my own acts is a kind of collective responsibility that I now endure like any other 
fellow citizen. She is reminding us that we must move, even in these challenging days, from Cain, who killed his brother Abel, and when God asked him where he was, Cain replied, am I my brother's keeper? And we wait till the very end of the book of Genesis until Judah, who participated in trying to disappear his brother Joseph, realizes how important that relationship of brothers, of family is, and he's the one who says, no, I am my brother's keeper. The poetic lens on this moment came to me in one of my favorite poets, Yehuda Amichai, and he wrote a beautiful poem. I'm going to excerpt it, A Man in His Life. A man doesn't have time in his life to have time for everything. He doesn't have seasons enough to have a season for every purpose. Ecclesiastes was wrong about that. A man needs to love and to hate at the same moment, to laugh and cry with the same eyes, with the same hands to throw stones and to gather them, to make love in war and war in love. I don't know, I don't know what I'm having for dinner tonight. I don't know when this will be over or what that even means anymore. But when this strange liminal time moves us, the Ivrim, the ones whose name actually means to pass over, traverse, into whatever that next place is, what will we have learned? What will we have changed? And who will we become? I urge you to take seriously how short this time on Earth really is for each of us. And if you were waiting for something in your life to propel you forward, let it be this. Let it be the pandemic. Let it be Hineni. Let it be this chuva in these 10 days. Look at our babies who are now toddlers and talking, our teens who suddenly are going off to college. Look in the mirror at your own face. And look at our elders who are the most keenly aware of this passage of time. Here in this liminal, the short time between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, as the gates open and then close, it's just you and me and God. We have no time to waste. Shana Tovah.